What if it was called Wayne's and Means oh. and all the Wayne's brothers were in it? That'd be cool. Oh. That would have been good. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome again to season two, episode four <laughs> of Watch and Talk. And this week we watched an episode called Ways, Ways and Means. Uh, so follow up for this episode. I did get a new mic stand. Yeah. We have four oh, identical mic stands. Yeah. I'm loving it. We're not Our stacking boxes up anymore. Everybody's feeling loved. And I feel so fancy. Yeah. Three seasons later, we are professional podcasters. The statue of limitations on ordering more mic stands. Who has... got the freshest one? I don't know. I, I got it. I think it's me. I got the Let's new one. Let's carbon I don't know. date this them. This feels pretty fresh. They're all pretty good. I keep my shit in pristine condition. Yeah. And uh, so, getting into the episode, there's a previously on, um, there's CJ's flub, and there's stuff about subpoenas. Uh, we started at the federal courthouse, and... Oh, wait, wait. I wanted to talk about ways and means. Okay. Because I wanted... What do you got? <laughs> Tell it. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I was curious about the ways and the means. Yeah? What did are you, they? Did you sort them out? Yeah. This, these are the chief tax writing... This is the chief... This is the tax. They're, they do taxes. Do they do any other they federal do the programs? Taxes. No, just taxes. <laughs> Tell us what other federal <laughs> no, programs. No, they mostly just deal with taxes. Well, they also deal with some spending too. So they don't. Uh, they're not the appropriations committee. That's the appropriations committee. They are the. Uh, they do all of, like the welfarey type things. So they do social security. They do the Medicare. They do the Medicaid. Is that right? Uh, part of it. What Since does that mean? A, the they, tax part. You you split Medicaid to the states. It's like a block grant. So they, they probably do, do the federal block grant portion, but the states administer it. They do food stamps, it looks like. They do a lot of stuff. So uh, Ways and Means, uh, a silent behemoth in the federal government. Who is the current Ways and Means chairman? We got any bets? Uh, yeah, I know uh, the <clears throat> Ways and Means... He's definitely a, it's pro- a Republican. It's Grassley. No. Definitely a white male. <laughs> oh, that's my guess. Yeah, old white Has male. Wh- over old the white age guy of 60. sounds good. This is like a guess who board. Yeah. <laughs> is he old and white? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Does he have <laughs> a mustache? No glasses. Plugs. I'm gonna uh, guess balding glasses. So I'm not going balding. the opposite. Mm. Yeah, balding. Past bald. Post bald. Are we gonna say white supremacist? Oh, Actually, we, no. we said. No, he's going to be a corporatist. I'm going to think like old school Republican, horrible person. Um, I'm having a lot of trouble finding this information out. (laughs) How do do I find this? Ways and Means Chairman, U.S. House. It's uh, Kevin Brady. Kevin Brady. He's a young guy. Yeah, he's a younger corporatist. Interesting. Did he go to an Ivy League school? Oh, nope. He is not young. No. He's a very old looking man. Oh. But he is twenty five. Oh. oh. He's Does a, he have he hair? Is, he's he sixty three. He has no lips. I got over sixty, thank you. Is he he's white? He's bald. He is bald. Texas, whoa. You were much warmer than I thought. Man looking maybe, like a damn thumb. Yes, one hundred percent thumb. He went to maybe the University like of teeth? South Dakota. Wow. Yeah. This is this the is fighting Dakota. Dangerous fellow. <laughs> He looks like he could break a watermelon with Do you know where head. the University of South Dakota is? <laughs> Vermilion. He was born in Vermilion, South Dakota. Like the color blue? It's like that, yeah. But it's a town. So we're outside of the Federal District Courthouse on Pennsylvania Avenue. And uh, we had this new character, Special Prosecutor Clement Rollins. Who Clem Roll. 
Clem Rollins. It's a great name. There's a lot of good names in this episode, but I think that's the best one. Yeah. Clement. That one wins this week. You ever guys ever meet a Clement? Oh, yeah. I know yeah. a Clement. Totally. Oh, we all know the same Clement. We know a Clement. Do you really? Yeah. Shout out to Clement. <laughs> you go by Clem? Uh, I don't no. think so. I don't think Not so. Even I'm sure Mint? someone has. Yeah. Clemmy? He's more minty. <laughs> no. Clement. Than Clem. Clement. He's a like a superman with many skills he's a jack of all trades yeah yeah he really he's like a, a super fighter or something he's a master of all trades he is like a professionally trained masseuse a real estate person an antiques broker wow yeah international man of sort of he's the most interesting clement in the world he might be <laughs> yeah i just want to add one thing about kevin brady before we move away from that he is the shortest congressman at the height of <laughs> Five foot three inches. <laughs> that's uh, perfectly respectable height. Not to like blow up her that's spot, but that's my mom's height. height. <laughs> Ways and manlets. <laughs> Nothing wrong with a man of that height. Okay, but I'm sorry. You're not five feet. So, so Clem's getting accosted by some reporters. <laughs> Mr. Rollins, Mr. Rollins, can you tell us what subpoenas are going to be issued? No, I can't. Can you tell us if subpoenas are going to be issued at all? No, I can't. And then hiding behind a pillar of marble in the lobby of the courthouse is our good friend Oliver Babish, who jumps, grabs him, pulls his neck back, <laughs> slices <laughs> it open, and runs off. And then the it's rest a, of the episode is a chase. A lot scene. of person to hide behind anything <laughs> he does it though because there's there's old uh neo-roman columns yeah that's you have to find a neo-roman architecture to that's be able to hide behind column. it the columns right? is neo-roman right no, i don't know <laughs> <laughs> the columns in dc are designed to hide a full-grown obese man like they were all designed to the taft standard yeah <laughs> like roman architecture. he was the model for all the columns yes he was. A rotund Those man. Those columns are made to be in hidden In the rotunda. Um, so he's yelling at him about the coverage and the leaking over whether these subpoenas are going to come out. And Clems, he downplays it. What you've been reading is the work of a few overzealous and, and irresponsible members of the conservative press in minor media outlets. It's the Wall Street Journal. It's very, like, dramatic and a little little drama-y. Do you, do you, have, do you, do you have, like, bits? He worked on that. I think on the, the and when you're doing like a lawyer paper? meeting, yeah, do you dramatically you reveal things? documents and have you ever slammed oh, the doc? The, not only that, is there like a showy? Let's aspect? see your doc slam. On right this now. very day, I was accused of being faux threatening. Oh, but you were but real I threatening. Wasn't. I was just By saying someone on your side or opposing no, counsel? no, the people we were doing things against. So they felt. Th- Fake threatened by you? They they felt threatened, but didn't want to tell me that they felt threatened. So they told me they felt both threatened. How slow, tall was this fellow? Did they slow clap you? Because that's like the worst thing I think you can do to a person trying to be no, threatened. I did apologize for the faux pas, though. That's the kind Is of that shit that joke? we do. I probably planned that out pretty hard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's like a little bit of like legalistic maneuvering between the two. We will voluntarily hand over everything a subpoena could cover. My staff is working around the clock organizing documents. And if your staff feels something's protected by executive privilege? What if I told you the president was considering waiving executive privilege? Is it not waive spousal privilege and lawyer-client confidentiality and all this stuff? So White like privilege. So what's interesting yeah, yeah, so what is, what is he offering there and why is the other guy saying that's not enough? There's a long line of cases that says that the president doesn't have attorney-client privilege. And even Babbage mentions that yeah. like a few episodes ago. Maybe he's saying with his personal lawyers before. I mean, like the president, there is no attorney-client privilege. With a government lawyer. Right. 
with him. He's the White well, House I think, lawyer. I think, I think Babish is probably saying, like, he needs to waive it with his like oh, yeah, personal okay. attorney during the that's, campaign. Yes, that's possible. Although we don't know that he actually got his a fixer. Attorney. He says that they want to hand over everything that they're being asked for, but they don't want to subpoena. Like, what is the difference between those two things? Yeah. Uh, well, it's true that there's probably like an optics problem with getting subpoenaed, but the 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 strangeness here is Babbage should know that he, pretty much the special prosecutor has to subpoena for documents. So it's it's there's two different kinds of subpoenas. There's subpoenas for documents, subpoenas for testimony. If someone voluntarily comes to talk under oath to a prosecutor, whether it's under subpoena or, or on consent, it's going to be the same thing. But the documents part is where anyone doing a serious job has to do the subpoenas, no matter how much the other side is willing to voluntarily give over stuff. Because if you break that voluntary agreement the consequences can be a lot less severe than if you disobey a subpoena. And he doesn't have, he has, so he has this grand jury thing and they're what grants him the ability to subpoena something. They have to sign off on it. That's right. the way so they present it in this next Typically you can't subpoena unless there's a pending case, civil or criminal. And, but I mean, is, does that mean like the special prosecutor's mandate covers that? Yeah. So a, an attorney who's in the midst of, of any kind of, action or proceeding at law can exercise their rights as an officer of the court to issue. But subpoenas. he doesn't have to get it approved by the grand jury. Um, I, I'm not a criminal attorney, so I'm not sure in a civil suit. You wouldn't need to in a criminal suit. You might have to get the grand jury. Who, so well, the issue with the grand jury is you're, you're not trying to convict a grand jury is where you go to try to get it, charges brought, try to indict. Right. So it's sort of like the pre, trial jury to tell the prosecutor whether they have enough of a basis to even go to trial so you would the grand jury comes later in the investigation than once you've already done some investigation presumably um not really and what's what's crazy about a grand jury like is it doesn't seem like they've done any investigation yeah, well because like they he, the way they said it with babish is how did you even get this jury if you haven't told them what they're here for? But they're like reporting for grand jury duty and they're only finding out the first sentence out of their out of his mouth when he goes in to talk to him is like Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Clement Rollins. This morning, with your permission and on your behalf, I would like to issue the first round of subpoenas. These subpoenas compel both testimony and production of documents by the individuals named herein. Josiah Bartlett, Abigail Ann Bartlett. Elizabeth Bartlett Weston, Eleanor Emily Bartlett, Zoe Patricia Bartlett, Leo Thomas McGarry, Joshua Lyman, Claudia Jean Crave, Samuel Norman Seaborn, Toby Zachary Ziegler. You're subpoenaing the president, the vice president, yeah, the chief I, of staff. That's probably what what would actually happen with that's the injury. Wild. You have no idea what's going on. But they don't like. In, they don't ease you in a little. No. <laughs> I mean, they might go like, "Hey, everybody." Uh, you guys have to be real quiet about what we're going to talk about here. Yeah. Even more so than in a normal grand jury because it's about the president. But they don't need to like lay out. Like, is he asking for permission from them though? Because he's just coming in and saying, I want to subpoena all these people. He's not. W- yeah. So that's he need part, to like build up. Like, that's the part I'm not sure about whether he has to get their authorization or not. Or if he's just informing them of like what's happening. What I do know is what's crazy about grand juries. And this is, there's an exception to this in, in certain circumstances. But my understanding, at least from when I studied this in law school, I guess gosh almost 10 years ago was you if you're if you get a grand jury and they decide not to indict 
because they don't think the prosecutor has enough evidence. You can just reconvene another grand jury. Yeah. And you can pick all the guys that were in the first grand jury who said indict and then just fill all the people who said no with other new people. Ah. Oh, you can keep them around? Yeah, you can pack the grand oh, it's jury. Like, it's like breeding like foxes. Yeah, and then maybe there's <laughs> like a political it's like breeding foxes. You just keep the more docile ones around. Yeah. And that's or the, the other opposite, one. the more rabid And then ones. eventually all the jurors' ears are turned down. Yes. And they'll, that's one of my go-to metaphors. No, it's a kind of abusive <laughs> process if there's no political check on, on abusing it. And there oftentimes isn't. It seems like there would just be a, like... This thing costs a lot of money, like bringing this case in or not. You fucked up right. for the third time in a row. Yeah, like like I would think DOJ is usually the one convening these, and at a certain point, there's there is a political cost to just going crazy all the time. He goes in, he lists the number of the people. It's our whole gang. They're all in big legal trouble. All our faves are getting subpoenaed. Um, and they go right into the titles. From and we there. learn everyone's middle name too. But well, you yeah. know, we don't Everyone. learn what Toby stands for. Tobis. No, he 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 just Tobias. says Toby. What was Zachary? Zachary Ziegler? Yeah, TZZ. Zach Zieg. <laughs> TZZ. Uh, the Ziegster. Is Toby a real name? Are people named Toby? That's not a uh, shortened. My grandmother's like, name? middle name Tabitha. is Toby, but it stands for Tobalaya. Toby is a name. Tobalaya. Tobalaya. Not Toby. It's Tobalaya. Tobalaya and Toblerone are family names. Toblerone is a family name. Maybe. Probably not. Just Toby from The Office. You're right. He's sure that's Tobalaya. <laughs> yeah, Short that's definitely Tobalaya. a Tobalaya. Yeah. We get a title card. It says Monday. It's a picture of the White House. And Donna is like in some back rooms, back room, back room, like in these stacks of boxes. She's on like crank. Seriously, you need to sleep for a while. I can't yet. Because in one of these boxes are FedEx receipts and mailroom records for any gifts or packages sent to senior staff. And one of these boxes is a piece of paper which says which box it's in. Yeah, she's on some form of Adderall or crank. cocaine or crank. Mm-hmm. Or may- maybe, crank. Some, maybe 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 <laughs> something crank. stronger. It's meth. Uh, she's been working all night. Uh, she's like in like peak Donna. This is like the most Donna I think we've yes. ever seen. She's, she's really, really she's losing a her farm mind. Girl. I grew up on a farm. I grew up in a condo. I grew up near a farm. And I was cute. And I was peppy. And I always did well in my 19th century English literature midterm until you came along and sucked me into your life of crime. Well, she was going to be a farm girl. Yeah, she, she grew up near a farm. She was she a farm. It. She's a farmish. And she, she had a mishap with the boxes, as Cliff puts it later, whatever. And so she's got to go through every box to find her map to figure out what boxes she needs to get to presumably fulfill these subpoenas i think they've already come uh, down right okay so she's yeah they've received the subpoenas that's why she's flipping out right this is post subpoena donna she's gonna get sold on the cell block for a pack of cigarettes Mm -hmm. you know what they did of a girl like me on that cell block i've seen those movies yeah me too i'll bet you have look sell my farm girl ass for a carton of luckies i thought that was a good exchange with them i i I, it was interesting because they couldn't make them super like flirty because donna has like a date later Right. But uh, so this is a weird Josh and Donna scene. Um, after that, Josh goes outside. He talks to Sam. There is a fire in Yellowstone Park. He, uh, do, he does have a good line about Donna, though, where he's like, he goes to Sam. Donna's like about two or three days away from completely unspooling. And it's actually amazing to watch. Yeah. Wait, but, uh, but can we get some help? Uh, yeah. Donna, meanwhile, says, um, I, I think she channels Kevin Smith. <laughs> When she says Snoochie um, Boochies, try not to. Yeah, she, first she says Snoochie Boochies is weird. She's like, try not to get a felony on the way. Your office is down a corridor about two hundred feet from here. Try not to commit any felonies on the way. To the, your office. Oh yeah. 
Okay. You broke 37. 37? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> 37. I just Good can't. Good one, Dante. Hey, try not to suck any dick on the way through the parking lot. There's a fire in Yellowstone. We learn that Sam, in addition to learning Sam's middle name, we also learned that Sam wanted to be a fireman when he was a four-year-old. I don't remember what I wanted to be when I was a four-year-old. Is that something everybody remembers? I just wanted to be myself. I wanted to wow. be a lawyer. You did it, man. Just because that's what your parents tell you you're going to be. Lawyer? Yeah. Well, Your parents said that to you? Yes. <laughs> wow. I shared a common dream with Josh where I also wanted to be a ballerina. How far did you push that dream? I actually was a ballet dancer until from the age of two <clears throat> until, yeah, excuse me, until 17. All right, let's see your feet. They Show us the feet. have recovered, but they really messed up for a long time. I don't care. And Show us the feet. I got offered to you be don't a professional. You do their post-op right now. To dance professionally when I was 16 and be like homeschooled and stuff. And I decided not to do that. She's not showing us the feet, folks. I mean, my feet aren't cute. Ow! <laughs> She's so graceful. They're pretty cute. <laughs> it's not a bad foot. You got I've some normal feet. Yeah. I do have like a... Mm, that's not bad at all. An arthritic area. Oh, been there. But I, was a, I did ballet for many, many years. Yeah, so what is it? Did Josh really want to be a ballerina? I was four. I want to be a ballerina. Yeah? I don't like to talk about it. He, said, is, he, li he said he liked the way the words sounded. I feel like toxic masculinity prevented Josh from attaining yeah. his real dreams of being a ballerina. Yeah. And not in the White House. There's a I lot of that in the show. Not you know this episode, the whole thing. There's a little bit in this episode. You know when you want to be a ballerina as a guy, it's like so much easier. And especially in New York City, there's all these free programs. And you probably get a lot of pussy. You're surrounded by women. Yeah. yeah all the tons time. of pussy. But you get to do it. For, you get to be trained at like the best schools Hold on, in the I was country talking for about free. The real <laughs> benefits. They want more men. So, okay. there's this, <laughs> so there's this fire going on, but... It turns out that the new White House ecological strategy is to just let the motherfucker burn. They're letting it burn? It's not necessarily our policy to put these things out. Putting out fires isn't necessarily our policy? Fire is good for the environment under certain circumstances. Forests have a natural cycle that requires purging burns to reinvigorate growth. Someone just... Um, so I think that seems right. Okay, so... Uh, this is kind of interesting. I recently listened to a podcast about the history of fire suppression. What is what is that? There are other podcasts. <laughs> uh, this was one um, called 99% Invisible. It's a good one. It's a really good podcast. And they talk about the history of fire suppression in the United States. And um, so, uh, so this is kind of interesting because in this show, they often talk about real world incidents. But I feel like uh, this fire conversation happened... A long time ago. Anyway, um, we used to have a policy of putting out all the fires. We had the so-called 10 a.m. rule, which is like by the next day at 10 a.m., we were supposed to have put out any wildfire that starts. Well, where's um, that brush going to get cleared from? Yeah, exactly. First of all, right, all the brush, it's not going to get cleared anymore. Dead Some animals. trees need uh, heat. Yeah, like the to, sap. To, to sprout yeah, new yeah. new seedlings also. But also, right, when you when you put out all the fires, uh none of the brush gets burned, it builds up, and then when another fire does break out that's too big for you to put out, 
it's got a lot of fuel and it really does a lot of damage. Yeah, it's like the equivalent policy of saying like we're gonna make sure the bears don't kill any of the cute animals, and we're just gonna stop that happening. <laughs> It's like, that's just like kind of the way that works. That whole ecological system needs the fire every once in a while. Yeah. They need. Let it burn. In California. <laughs> largest fire in California history is currently burning. So in California, right there's like, right all, it seems like wow. there's always another largest fire yep. in history, right? It's like all there's lately. And is this because of them not letting it? Burn, or it's because it... they let all the water that was in the rivers go to the ocean and they should have been putting it on <laughs> uh, the fire that is what the president uh, sent on the internet earlier this week that is not there's no letting, they have so much fresh water out there just letting it go to the ocean wow how dare they <laughs> yeah Quit who to... diverted all the rivers into the ocean <laughs> nestle yeah this is a large fire it's a fire the size of los angeles is that the redding fire the Mendocino complex. Oh, this is up in wine country. Yeah, there's so many. There's like 20 fires right now in California. 300,000 acres are on fire. Whoa. Anyway, this is kind of weird because you don't have to put out all the fires. But I guess like Some when, fires. It get, when it gets near human habitat, we kind of want to at least like divert right. it. Yes. But that's different than like automatically putting it out. Exactly. Like it's, it's, th there's no way we could put out this fire. Well, no, we not this to. current. The new no. one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to be close. Hopefully, hope it rains. Yeah. After that, there's CJ, Babish, and Ainsley, who we have not seen in hey, quite a while. Ainsley. Ainsley's back. Welcome back, boo. They're talking press strategy for how to handle these subpoenas. Is that normal to bring the lawyer in for the PR discussion? There's uh, two no, lawyers. No. I mean, yeah, you always want the lawyers there because they can. I guess, yeah, they they can tell you what you're allowed to say that's not going to get you into more and legal And also, trouble. they're just, like, lawyers are usually kind of smart. There's always <laughs> a good, it, it's always good to have the lawyers around. Yeah. And they're not, they're, they're on salary, so they're not charging by the hour. Yeah, unfortunately for them. <laughs> Sucker. <laughs> so CJ wants a... She wants to pick a fight, she says. My trouble with your spin is that we're not going to get anywhere putting on a calm face. We need to pick a fight. Why? Because in politics, if you're not on offense, you're on defense. She wants a more adversarial person running this investigation so that she can claim that the investigation is biased. She wants a nasty bitch. Babish, on the other hand, thinks Clem is a good guy and Ainsley agrees. She says Republicans think he's good, too. And CJ gets like a light bulb over her head and leaves the room. She ends up saying, eventually, she goes and talks to Leo, and she says, We need to be investigated by someone who wants to kill us just to watch us die. We need someone perceived by the American people to be irresponsible, untrustworthy, partisan, ambitious, and thirsty for the limelight. Am I crazy, or is this not a job for the U.S. House of Representatives? So she thinks she can, like, manipulate the PR of this so that she can get Congress to start their investigation instead. It's an interesting parallel to the current it version really of that. It really is remarkable how often this show relates to but current events. But he has a supp supplicant Congress that cannot play this role for them, so they have to manufacture the adversarial. Yeah. They have to, the it's parties like, it's are like reversed. It, no, it's, but, it's the, but the roles are similar, though. It's so similar, and yeah. this guy, Clem, seems like a very Mueller figure. He's well-respected. He's deliberate. He takes his duties seriously. He wants to get the truth, and he wants to avoid any appearance of impropriety or partisanship. 
Yeah. They're talking just about how, uh, just like he's a real. Everybody likes him. Classic fed. He doesn't. Yeah. He runs a tight ship. He, yeah, does an investigation. It'll be fair. He'll get to the truth. And like, but CJ has this like ready made adversary that Trump doesn't. So they have to create this like thing about the text messages and the 17 Democrats and like. It's like if they had to turn Clem into the villain into by, by, via making shit up about them and yeah. like doing opposition research on your investigators. Yeah, yeah. Which actually is a more interesting storyline than what the show managed to think of. <laughs> Way to go, reality. You did it. <laughs> yeah, there's a quick scene too, uh, Leo and Josh. Um, there's a, They set up this plot line about the estate tax compromise and Josh is not happy about it. Um, he gets a little kind of expletive, like a little racy about what he's going to do to the people. I hate these people, Leo. When this thing is done, I'm going to personally screw them with their pants on. He says he's going to screw them with, their pa- with his pants on. With, with their, their pants on. Okay, first of all. <laughs> I'm going to screw them with my pants on. <laughs> what does that mean? How do you? Like, does that mean you have to break through Like a dry hump. Their pants? He's going to dry hump them. No, no, no. This is what I'm imagining. You have to. No, he's going to do a dry hump. You're going to. You're going to break through the fabric mm. of their pants Unzip. with your penis. Wow. Mm. Mighty. And it's my serrated the force. penis. <laughs> your oh, like through penis. their pants. That's what I thought. Oh, I thought, okay. Wow. That, like, you're just like, I'm I thought just a dry hump. hump a person. That's yeah, not dry a hump. How long would you have to hump a pair of like 501s? Oh. To oh. get a hole These are like through slacks. The, yeah, if someone yeah, was like, I'm going to screw you with your pants on, I would be like, I'm wearing my raw salvage yeah. I got my salvage, bilsh. <laughs> <laughs> Never washed. <laughs> Hard as a solid as a rock. <laughs> Good also, luck. Do you think pants is just underpants though? Anyway, I think he's gonna do he a lap dance that. on his enemies. Yeah, this sounds like not a non-threat unless he has a razor penis. Um, and then uh, like CJ in, in response calls him <laughs> Giselle. Excuse me. Hey, CJ. Leo. Giselle. Do we know what Giselle is? Ballerina. Like the model. Oh, Giselle is a ballerina. Giselle oh! is a romantic ballet Jason. in two acts. Yes. Uh, it's Tom Brady's wife. No, I thought so, but <laughs> it it's actually a reference ballet. to an 1841 Parisian ballet. I took Jason to see this. It was his first ballet. And my last ballet. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was good. It's pretty good. Okay, the story um, So wait, of it? is Giselle a, a slut or what? No, what happens hmm. is she's this like peasant girl and she this fuck him through prince her pants. comes to town, but he is in disguise as a peasant. She does a lap she dance. Fa- no, falls in love hmm. with him and then she finds out that he is royalty and promised to someone else to marry and he can't marry her because she's just a peasant. So how hmm. is this like Josh? So, well, no, she's they, just making fun of the fact that he wanted to be a ballerina. Yeah, that's all. Oh. Giselle, the, the, uh, that's the extent of that. That's the main character. Okay. Do they get together the at the end? Okay. Well, what happens is. Eric wants to hear the she end. She dies of a broken heart. <gasps> uh, that's not even the end. And then in the second Am act. Right, that's Eric? such a womanly she, affliction. Yes. In the second act. She died of consumption. <laughs> he goes to visit her grave and finds himself in a graveyard filled with women who have died of broken hearts uh, called the Willies. And they all attack sluts. him and dance him to death and they murder him. That part's cool. But then. No, they don't murder him. Wait, they die. What, they dip, dance you bro- to death. Different broken hearts. Not yeah. all, not his trail of scorned no, lovers. No, different broken hearts. Every okay. time someone comes, someone who has broken a heart comes to visit them, they kill them. I'll you guys so, ever been so sad about a breakup that you died? I did. Yeah, still been there. here. So no. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> 
But yeah, mm-hmm. she, Giselle, though, saves his life. The ballet opens on a sunny autumnal morning in the Rhineland. So it's Leo and CJ. <laughs> She's going to kick off this, like, press manipulation thing to get this congressional committee rolling. She gets the okay from Leo, and she's going to start it in her press conference. Um, there's a quick scene of Toby getting ready to go to this meeting with Josh about the estate tax, and he's talking to Bonnie. No, I compromise. I draw a line in the sand. I'm there to ensure that only multimillionaires and not billionaires are exempt from the estate tax. Toby! Re-elected President Bonnie's on the side of millionaires and not billionaires. Toby, they canceled the meeting! What do you mean? And everybody's confused. Josh comes up, um, and they piece together. White House is weak. What would you do? You think they want to repeal the estate tax? Instead of a $2.5 million compromise cap on the estate tax, they're going to push a full repeal through. What? Uh, what, what? Did that did that happen recently? Or They did uh, make changes to the made, estate tax. They didn't oh, get rid of it completely. I don't think they did a full repeal. Yeah. No, it's it, they, there's all these different caps, and right now the cap under the new Trump tax plan is 11.8 million okay. and this wanted to go to they they, they were talk, they were suggesting five and the compromise was 2.5 and so now it's in real life it's at 11 for the farmers farmers rich ass farmers we should farm are there any far- they're, dude, they're killing it right now isn't the stats on the actual number of farmers that utilize the estate tax like well, this incredibly was incredibly low. Even even in the episode, they're like, "This is going to affect four thousand people." How could that be? Uh, oh, but uh, but American voters are aspirational. They right. want to be part of the four thousand. But that's so low. How could anyone care about that? Well, so late, like much later in this episode, Bartlett's talking about how the problem with the American dream is that everyone wants to be rich eventually, and so they're voting as if they're going to be rich. And this reminds me of an episode of Star Trek. <laughs> Where the Ferengis say, are being oppressed, and the reason they don't have a problem with being oppressed is because they are hoping that one day they will become the oppressors. Because they're so ugly, the Ferengis. No. And I always think that this is the problem with our country, is that even people who are voting against their own interests are voting that way out of... S- stupidity and hope that they will eventually be the ones that can take advantage of the laws they're voting for. What's the matter with Kansas? Bunch of flipping Ferengis I feel like that's there. a... Uh, an oversimplification of what of the Frangi <laughs> of why the estate tax has such lukewarm support but such vociferous opposition. And that's entirely because of the way it's marketed, right? And the problem is that the Republican coalition is unified against the against taxes generally, but especially something like this, for a couple of different reasons. But the Democrats are split. So it's really the fact that the Republicans have no disincentive to market hard against the estate tax, while the Democrats have to kind of secretly pretend to be in favor of taxes and big government while simultaneously kowtowing to rich people and sort of whispering, yeah, it's okay, we'll let you get a cut to the estate tax. Because that's really the problem. The problem is everyone is problem is Democrats. Every single time money changes hands, except for a few very small exceptions, it is taxed. There's no such thing as double taxation. There's infinite taxation. Money is constantly being taxed every time it changes hands over and over and over and over again. So to complain about the death tax being some unfair number of levels of taxation on the same income is total BS. And it would be so easy for the Democrats to come out and go, what are you talking about? Like everything is taxed over and over again. There's no limit. 
to complain about this being taxed. That seems like a good quote that won't be misused. There's no limit to the number of taxes. <laughs> sure. I, I don't... Unlimited I'm, tax. I'm not responsible for spinning that, but it, all you have to do is come out and be like, look, that's the whole point. The government taxes stuff, and then we use it to spend the money on all sorts of things that are good for everyone, right? Yeah. And it's like, you can't complain about one form of taxation when it's like hell I can't. every other kind of taxation. And what's great is that the death tax actually lets you Estate take money tax, Jason. that people haven't earned at all Simply because they're blood relatives, they're farmers, of and three of them are black How farmers. How does that work with spouses? There's um a portion of someone's assets that usually revert directly to a spouse without even being a part of their estate, so it's generally not included. Okay, although because I mean it kind of does seem things. like. I whoa, mean, whoa, the, the number the numbers whoa, the numbers are high enough whoa. where people are comfortable, but like it it if somebody had like whoa. a lot you know. Some old lady's husband dies, and all the accounts were in his name, and now she's like eighty-five and loses half of her money. Right? No, there seems in, in almost crazy. every situation, especially if it's a joint account, it's not part of the estate, right? So if you and I are married, we have a joint right. account, and you kick the bucket, it's my account. It does, it what if I shield my spouse from all of my nefarious? Uh, Incomes and businesses and legitimate right. so you operations. Right, a living trust that doles out money to, for her benefit. Then it wouldn't even be part of your estate. Mm. So people avoid the estate tax all the time. Those are set a little something aside for. Yeah. All right. But sometimes you're so wealthy you can't hide all of it, and inevitably the amount that you've been unable to hide still goes over the limit, and then people complain about that. But also, yeah. like estate tax that should really only take. be right for like incredibly wealthy. People. Well, now the limit is eleven million. That's pretty wealthy. And before that, it was five. Well, I mean, 5, basically. I guess like maybe still a little bit less wealthy than that. But it, basically, I'm just saying it shouldn't affect like the middle class. Yeah, I mean lower. that's really wealthy, eleven million. Yes, that's in. in I mean, anyone with a million plus, I think it should. That's like eleven millions. Yeah, that's <laughs> like if you if you that's imagine one million plus another plus million one. Yeah, plus a one more. Good measure. Yeah. Yeah. So there's CJ's press conference, and she starts her devious Machiavellian plan that is like incredibly obvious from <laughs> thirty thousand feet that we get. But like she, she cozies up different to view. she cozies up to Clem. CJ, is the White House concerned about the subpoenas? No, in fact, we've already sent over eighty cartons of documents to Clem. I'm sorry, to Mr. Rollins. She calls him, which is, I I think that's a great abbreviation for a name. I would call him Clem. Clem. I would go by maybe Clem. 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 <laughs> Or Clementine is like a really popular Clemmy. girl baby name now. Cle- really? The Clemster. Mm-hmm. That sounds antebellum. Ooh. Yeah. Well, like Clementine, Rose, Violet, all of those names. All of those. The, na- the natural names. Natural, Olive, like cute mm. what, are the, what are the boy natural names? Like Hunter, ro- Wolf, Rock. The Rock. Sweat. The Rock. <laughs> yeah. Gun Dwayne Metal. The Rock Johnson. I'm going to name my son Waterfall. Yeah. <laughs> Wart. Hawk. Did someone say hawk? Football. Tree. Um, a- Asher. <laughs> Those are masculine names. Mountain. Run. Mountain. Yeah. And you can call them... Vroom. Mount. Mo. Mo. Oh, you're big. <laughs> it's pretty good. You're like, is it? <laughs> <laughs> writing that down in my baby name book. My baby book. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Top of the list. Okay, uh, uh, so she also brings up like this really like unsubtle, like, 
We take a different view than congressional Republicans do of the special prosecutor's performance thus far. We believe he's running a thorough and impartial investigation, and he should be allowed to finish his work. I'm sorry, CJ, you say a different view. Is Congress unhappy with the special prosecutor? You'd have to ask Congress that. Got him. <laughs> Nailed it. She's very, I wrote this. She's very Nailed self, it. She's very self-satisfied on this one. Uh, there's a quick scene with Bruno and Margaret after that, and there's one more like beat on Gertrude, him, him not remembering her name. You still don't know my name, do you? It's Gertrude. It's not. These are are these also popular names, old lady names? Gertie. Because I like old lady names yeah. way more than I like I, my uh, uh, grandmother-in-law is Gertie. I think old That's lady name. names are awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, but I I will say I was Gertie. like annoyed by Bruno, but also Margaret kind of looks like a Gertrude. Like she could easily be Gertrude. She should go by Gertie though. Gertie. It's cute. like hot Gertrude. Yeah. It's like Gertrude. I'd like but to. But also. Hurdy. What is, is Hurdy Gertie? Hurdy Gertie. It's a Donovan song. Hurdy Gertie man. Came singing songs of love. Don't you think in this episode, Bruno kind of reveals himself to be maybe from the town of Sex Criminal Boat a little bit? Oh, for sure. Man, you have got to kill a body. You know that. In fact, I do. Oh, right. does he tell CJ that she's got quite a body? Yeah. It's like, good job. Nice ass. <laughs> like, it's not. I like to. For, I mean, for me personally, I like to make my female co-workers feel good about themselves by talking about their body. <laughs> so, yeah. So he starts off and he's nagging Margaret, whose name he does not remember. And then later, what's the opposite of nagging? <laughs> pausing. Pausing. Yeah, he's pausing. Brief CJ. interlude from the nagging. Yeah. After that is Bruno and Leo. Um, Bruno has some... Footage of the Pacers and Cavs game from the night before that he's trying to put in Leo's non-functioning VCR that they get a comedic beat out of. Can I stick this in? Yeah. You paying attention? Yeah. Does this thing work? No. Okay. If it did, what you'd see is Victor Campos sitting courtside with Buckland. <laughs> and um, it's a video of this guy, Victor Campos, also a pretty good name. And he's at the game with this guy, Buckland. And Buckland is a potential Democratic primary challenger. Victor Campos is a prominent Bartlett supporter. And it seems like he's like kind of cozying up to him. And they're, they're watching baseball together, Eric. Basketball. Ba baseball? Not basket. Baseball? Basket. I assumed basketball. Oh, but maybe really? now I don't know. Maybe I just got uh, that's my no, own basketball. basketball. That's my own. Whoa, why that's my own bias. Say? No, because he does say double overtime, and baseball games don't go. They only overtime. have single overtime. They have extra they innings. They feel like they take forever. They have though. extra innings. Just like a, a regular baseball. Different game. jargon. Like, is this overtime? Would you ever say this baseball game has gone into extra innings? It's over the time that it was supposed to wow. be Wow, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm watching this. I would say that. baseball game for <laughs> over. Feel like you're gonna no. say that now. And so the other point of uh, data that they have here is that he turned down a seat on the Community Empowerment Board, which he uh, really wanted that the board. The most condescending name for any community board. Community Empowerment. There's a lot of, yeah. a lot of uh, really arbitrary sounding committees and stuff that they reference in this episode. <laughs> That's the thing that really made Leo take it seriously. And he, he they both go and talk to Sam. Um, Sam has got the fire on the TV. It's kind of like uh, the Yule thing that you can get now on YouTube. But you mm. just get it na naturally. Just that's, like a that's a benefit of a global warming. A fire. Naturally. Sam is going to set up a meeting with this guy, Compost, and Bruno insists that he gets to send one of his aides with them. Sam will have the meeting and report back. Sam will have the meeting, and one of my people will be there, and they will report back. Time to distinguish between the White House and the campaign. Sam does this for us. 
Does he do it right? Oftentimes. You guys know I'm sitting right here, right? They talk about Sam as if he's not in the room, which is Sam's like, I don't need a hottie to come with me and help me and have better ideas than me. And then Bruno, Leo says, Sam does this for us. And then Bruno says, does he do it well? And Leo goes, usually he goes, oftentimes, (laughs) (laughs) oftentimes is a really great word. There's, there's a lot of humor in this episode. There's already been like three jokey things. I think it's better than, better than usual for this show. Ainsley and Donna's the next scene. Um, they're still down in that like filing room that Donna is in. Ainsley has a she wants to set Donna up on like a blind date with uh, a lawyer friend of hers. Do you feel like being fixed up at a hot guy? Deck, which is a secret service logs of what did you say? His name is Cliff Cowley. We went to law school together, and he broke up with his girlfriend. Where does he work? He's cute as hell. Where does he work? With a Republican. On the hill. House Ways and Means. He works in the Minority Council's office? Not exactly. Where does he work? Well, let me say this. He works with the Minority Council's office. Ainsley? He works for the Majority Council's office. He's a Republican. Can you imagine? And he's on the Ways and Means committee. He's a lawyer for the Ways and... Ways. For the Waynes and, and, and means. Well, that ain't going to work. Personally, I don't think that's going to work out. Is that who is investigating the president at this point? Not yet. No, right? no, no they're no. the they tax wouldn't. people. These they, are the people that right. deal with taxes. Now, they are in a fight so over the taxes. So she's skeptical of meeting this guy, but she seems, she says she'll take the call. She, she says, she's phone skeptical, ring, phone but rings, desperate. Yeah. She, she's a thought. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> I think we're using that wrong. No, that's that's right. <laughs> so um, this reminds me of a. Um, there was a recent Politico story called "Young Trumpies Hit DC." Dot dot dot, and oh, DC no. hits them right back. What? And it's all about how Trump staffers can't seem to date in DC, and that they have all these strategies about. What Did they, they like lie about who they are and their beliefs so people don't know how yeah, shitty they, they, they are? Yeah, they've all moved into their own neighborhoods, nice. and um, they're they're. You would think that they oh, would maybe question themselves if they were having this problem in such a major way. How long would you date a Trump voter for, and how much? How how attractive is that a filter you can do on the, the dating Trump apps voter have to be can you filter out for that on the dating for you apps? to date them does tinder have a no republicans button if <laughs> zero seconds i would do what if they were very like a real stud they would immediately become unattractive but also like they were actually just really attractive no. and also uh with uh, so cool and funny and they had money no and they liked you Evasive answers will only get you so far, though, since many dating apps provide enough information for inquisitive users to sleuth out their matches' identities. I literally got the other day, thanks but no thanks, just Googled you and it said you were a mouthpiece for the Trump administration. Go fuck yourself, says the (laughs) official. Go fuck yourself. It's all enough to drive her and some of her colleagues away from at least some of the apps. I'm no longer on Bumble, she says. Oh, it was a uh, woman who voted for Trump? Yeah, it was a, it was a female spokesperson. Oh, my God. Young what? staffers have to develop a keen sense of just when to have the talk with romantic partners. I've still <laughs> been able to hook up with women, says a male former staffer. Okay. <laughs> but I know that I need to be careful about broaching Trump stuff. I just know that going in. I need to be able to get it out at the right time and not get it out too early to the point where it's like, hey, I worked with Trump. You should stop talking to me. <laughs> so this reminds me of that 
that thing that happened, I think, in Israel where this guy was not Jewish and lied about being Jewish to this woman and they slept together. And then when she found out he wasn't, she like sued, like went after him for rape. Wow. Is that th- is that I mean, is that possible? <laughs> this is a yeah, this is a story. I remember this. Right. So, and wait, it was here. No, it was in Israel. Israel. Okay. Is that a, do they have different sets? It's a of, totally different country. I'm they sure have different the, rules there? I'm sure <laughs> they have, yeah, they have their own laws. Uh, when, when the lady is a Jewish lady and the man is a Palestinian Arab man. That seems like a really uh, thin line because people lie to people. Yeah. I'm going right, to give going. it to you straight up. I would have sex with a Trump voter. Yeah. Okay, but here. No, did, no, 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 no. did you swipe? I want did you, you to. Did you swipe? <laughs> This is for the listeners. Did you swipe back? Hold on, no, listen. I will do it with you, if you, even if you voted for the guy. Well, so did you swipe on Barry Weiss? I did. I messaged her. <laughs> I messaged Barry Weiss. And did you message you back? I messaged. No, I did not get the message. She's going from Barry to Australia. Now, and I messaged but... Lauren Duca. I messaged Lauren Duca on OKCupid. I said, "Look, you blocked me on Twitter, but I swear it was a mistake. <laughs> I, I I was just explaining what you'd done." To a, a co-worker, I, I I got nothing against you. I like your stuff, man. And she, I mean, I'm, I'm waiting for the reply. Who is this? Lauren Duca. She's like uh, the editor of uh, Seventeen magazine or something. And but she, they became like political in the past couple of years. But like supporting Trump? No. Oh. They've been doing like some good stuff. That, this is just somebody you normally you harassed in your day to day. I did not harass. <laughs> I did not harass. No, she sent a bad tweet. Did you mansplain And a coworker her? asked. What's this about? And I said, this is because she sent a bad tweet. And then she del- she blocked me, folks. Mm. Well, anyway, I think that if, like, this is what I, so the reason I brought this up is, like, what if you withhold the fact that you're a Trump supporter right. and you sleep with someone and then you tell them after and they were like, holy shit, I wouldn't have slept with you if I knew you're a Trump supporter. Right. Like, mm. if, I, if I trick you into signing a contract with me by committing a fraud, that's an unlawful contract. I but consider I sex a contract with having me. sex with me. And right. I think if you lie to a woman to have sex with her. Which I have never done and I Or I lie to, to any person to have sex with them. And then. And What's a lie? <laughs> I don't have any emotional issues. <laughs> I'm normal. <laughs> anyway. I'm confident. Outgoing. It's probably rape. That's the name of the segment. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably Ray. After that, Ainsley, CJ, um, she gives her an assignment to go on the TV and just to like kind of continue her thing. So this is the next part in CJ's big plan. CJ and Bruno is after that. Um, so they have to get uh, Campos to the White House under pretenses to have this meeting with Sam. They eventually settle on the HELP Initiative, which is the Hispanic Education Longevity Program. Um, that's I, a backronym if I've ever heard that's one. That's a classic backronym. I almost thought uh, they inserted this just so CJ could cry help after Bruno says she has a killer body. <laughs> she was. She says yeah, like so her, I know. And her and her response. Yeah, his Ooh, response she... to her finding the appropriate cover and doing her job well is to say, "Man, you got a rock and bod, Kit Kat." No, no, it's so much worse <laughs> than that, right? Because he goes, "You've got a, you've got a great body." And he goes, you, you know that he goes, but you know that, don't you? Like the worst thing you you're could do, girl. the worst thing you could do is like go up to a coworker and be like, "You're sexy. Tell me I'm right and about you that." Know right. 
confirm that like, I, what I just said is accurate and permissible. What would you actually do if someone ever said that to Have you? Have sex with them work? immediately. I'd be cool with it. <laughs> I would be so wildly uncomfortable if anyone said something even remotely close to that. Even without the... But you know that, don't you, Bart? <laughs> sexy and I Know It is a hit song by American duo LMFAO. I'm sexy and I know it. <laughs> that song is horrible. I would just be like, Also the okay. inventors of the acronym LMFAO. <laughs> she goes in and does another press conference. She announces the uh, Campos visit. Um, so the entire thing of CJ, like from hearing about this to planning it to announcing it was like 30 seconds in re- real time, which is pretty clever. Uh, and then she d- says more stuff about Clem. Um, she's laying on a little thick. I think I would be suspicious of her were I a reporter. <laughs> well, that's just the dramatic irony. Uh, and then the next scene is in the Roosevelt room. It's Toby and Connie. And I mistyped it as Doe, but I'm just going to call him that from now on. Because <laughs> he kind of like, yeah. looks like the Pillsbury Doe. He's very doughy. He's very pale and he's very smooth. The bald guy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Doug, Doe. The one that they keep poking in the stomach and he keeps giggling. (laughs) (laughs) So they go over the outline of this estate tax compromise that they were going to go through. They have their classic, like, you know, somebody plays devil's advocate for it. They talk about how it's, um, you know, it's for farmers and the million dollars doesn't go as far as it used to and all the shit I was saying. I think he believes it. He's a freaking Republican. He kind of seems like he believes it. Um, Doe. This is Doe. And. But then they get confirmation that they're actually trolling for full repeal votes, trawling. You troll for votes, you trawl for votes. You trawl. Trawling is like fishing. Yeah. Nowadays you troll. And then Toby assumes that Doe is going to say. I can tell you what he thinks. He thinks we roll with it. He thinks a president can't be against tax cuts in an election year. He thinks since our key districts have farms that are going to be inherited, we have to. He thinks we roll with it. But no, he's got a better idea. We need to drop an A-bomb what, what, on what, him. What? He should take out the A-bomb. I think he's got to do something he's never done even once before. You think I'm weak? How about I shove Article 1, Section 7 up your ass? Screw the compromise. I think he's got a veto. Got to got to break out the, the V-bomb. The V-bomb. <laughs> yeah. But this whole scene where he's like, you're going to you're going to probably say this and that and you're going to but no, I'm going to say the opposite of everything yeah. you just said. It was very it was a very stupid scene. He stood up for himself though and I think it it's the first time Doe? that they've shown Toby to have respect for Doe. Well, because yeah. he's like, "Oh, no, a Doe attacks him from the left." Yeah. Right. He pushes that, them he, to the right and, and then he gets them from the left. But that's how he earns our respect. The pincer maneuver, right? <laughs> Fucking Doe, right man. and the left. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it doesn't seem to have occur- occurred to Toby that that could be a option and Toby, they all come around to the idea pretty quickly, but Josh has some hesitancy. Toby, I just don't know on how many fronts we can fight a war. You want to find out? Yeah. Pretty quickly. They're like going to talk to Leo to suggest it. They cut to outside. It's somewhere on the mall. Wicka Wicka Wednesday. This is when, okay. Yeah, I missed some of the title cards in the meantime. There was a Tuesday in between there, too. Um, it's CJ and I think congressmen's. A couple of nerds. Yeah, one of them really. A uh, couple looks, of total I mean, nerds. bow ties usually indicate Republican. 
He's yeah, a Democrat, that's what I though. But these are yeah, I was confused. I couldn't pocket. tell if they were staffers or actual Congress people, but they come up to CJ and CJ at least takes the conversation with them and they say that she's being too cozy with the special prosecutor because she slow it slow it down or like seem more antagonistic to kind of like they they sort of have the right idea about you need the fight but they don't she's see like her yeah broader nah. strategy. the guy looks like a real dweeb though he's super really do dweeb something about that boat i lo- when and she gave head. him a swirly i was like yes power move siege so it seems like at least the uh she gets more. It seems that the strategy is like at least working because the 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 congressional Republicans are having talks about having their own hearings soon. So um, CJ is get, all of her uh, strategy is working so she far. She like rubs her hands together as she walks off camera. <laughs> that was sexy. And then there's Sam and CJ after that. Um, the president had a call with the governor of Montana, and uh, it apparently did not it's go Montana? well. Montana? Isn't that Wyoming? Wyoming. One of the governors. I was curious. One of the I missed governors. it initially, and then eventually around here I wrote Wyoming. I was yeah. like, I assumed California because that's where all the fires are. Yeah. But no, in this, it's Yellowstone. Yeah. And it's Wyoming. Okay. So I'm, I'm, this could have the, also been the Montana. governor. I don't the governor know. is yelling like, "Why won't you put this fire out? Come put the fire out!" It's like the, maybe the, you the should study something. the fucking history of fire suppression in the United States, yeah. as they did on the episode "Built to Burn" of Ninety Nine Percent Invisible. Okay, <laughs> are we and sponsored by that? <laughs> I would like to be Roman. What's up? You're you're a podcast. We're I get we're kind of a podcast also. <laughs> so there's CJ and Ainsley after that. Um, CJ has found out that there's this paper that Clem and Babish had written together when they were in college or one of uh, did, were they co-students or was one of them teachers? They were the co-students. Other? They were I think they were <laughs> That's a co-eds. What? They were in law school uh I guess at Yale, right? Did you write papers? Um like published paper in the journal the with their friends. Yeah, it's an extracurricular thing where there's all these different journals and you don't have to be on them, but you can be on them. One of them's law review, but there's a whole bunch of how extra were your curriculars? Not extra sub extra, really not extra. But if you want to do that, you're usually publishing professors articles, but then you're adding kind of like notes, like little mini articles or commentary cartoons, but it sounds like they actually wrote like an actual article. Yeah. And, uh, Oftentimes, back in the 90s, when people actually cared, you could, like, if some guy was going to be nominated for a, a federal judicial seat, you'd go back and look at all the stuff they wrote, and you'd be like, ah, they wrote this problematic thing, yeah. and, like, you use it against them. And oh, like Brett then, Kavanaugh? Right. And but what s- he wrote? But so, but since then, people have been so careful to, like, curate all of that, even when they're in law school. Because they want to be on the court. That everything aspirational. is usually... <laughs> I mean, they assume they're going to be on the same What Kavanaugh has mm-hmm. done is like so perfectly curated, right? Like, even though he wrote about presidential powers, yeah, and torture, and torture, right. he did that. He's well, is he, he like torture? He was like on the torture team or something. His he did torture. Career has team been torture. to be as sexy as possible to a Republican president, right? Because he's palatable to the entire constituency of the Republican Party. That guy sucks ass. That's my take. Yeah. I'd vote against him if I were a senator. True. Sure. But they'll, you got they'll, my vote for your vote. vote. Um, so CJ needs to get this paper out because it's going to further the narrative that they're close with Rollins. And she Clem? tells 
Clem, Clemmy, special prosecutor, Clement Rollins. <laughs> Clement, so good. <laughs> I, I really like the scene here where they like, CJ tells her how to play it. Get along with this guy, go off the record and say you can't believe how the president can be claiming to waive executive privilege yet still reserve the right to withhold certain documents. Can you do that? I can't believe how the president can be claiming to waive executive privilege yet still reserve the right to withhold certain documents. Yeah, do it quietly and kind of shake your head in disbelief. I can't believe how the president can be claiming to waive executive privilege and yet still... You have to keep shaking your head just at the beginning. I can't believe how the president okay, can be... Think about okay, it. got it. Thank you. Funny little scene. Nice little moment. Some good Ains. Yeah, good Ainsley. Good CJ. This, All the ladies. Folks, we love them so much. <laughs> we <laughs> love our women. girls. <laughs> our crackpots and these women. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's... After that, there's the president and Charlie. Um, the president doesn't have any pens. He's Are we out of pens? I've got pens. You've got crappy pens with plastic tops. I need a solid pen that feels good in my hand, but it's not so formal. I feel like a dandy. I used to have the perfect pens every day right here in my pocket. I love those pens. Balanced, great action, paper soaked up the ink. What the hell happened to those pens? Do they not make them anymore? <laughs> Used to have good pens, but not anymore. Y'all got pens? What's, uh, where, do you, where do you keep pens? At work. I have red pens at work. I only use red pens. Are they always there when you need them? They're accessible? No, well, yeah, when I need one. You keep one, a little I, jar if, of them on your desk? I just keep it right there on the desk, and if I run out, I go to the storage closet and get a whole box. I'll get a whole box, so then I'll have pens for days. Nice. I have, like, a little cylinder pen holder on my desk, and then I always keep one on, like, hooked on my notebook. On your person's? Like on my notebook, which is when you're out and about, do you have a pen with you? Yeah, I have a little pouch on your person. On my in my purse, my bag. Oh, in your is, person. That is in full your purse. Of highlighters and pens, but somehow no paper, which is something I realized. <laughs> you have today. highlighters. You're right on your hand. What do you yeah. highlight? Um, oh, you're doing law stuff. Law stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, will be. So Charlie doesn't really address the the pen issue um actually well, he does try to give him his fancy pen and then bartlett has a whole thing about how we need an everyday what pen, am i a, a dandy pen. yeah uh, you guys got any fancy pens i, I have a fancy pen <laughs> yeah back in the day you know when you're younger like people give you presents they're like here's a pen i'm like why are you? i was always like why are you fucking this you get them in the closet I, like they're made of garbage yeah. why are you <laughs> why do you give me a pen yeah. my dad has some nice pens and i and so does my grandfather, and I've been like given. How many pens have you been have gifted? Have you used them? Uh, no. In a box, it comes in a nice box. You take box. the top off. Well, it's like what? in a little is, is it velvet. A, it's like a ring. Yeah. Does it write nicer, or does it have just <laughs> you know? Is it made out of like an elephant's well, tusk? Uh, no. So I, when I was a kid growing up, I had a Jules Verne like fountain pen. Owned by Jules Verne. No, it had a had little drawings on the pen of like um, time machine drawings. The around the world mm-hmm. thing in the, in the balloon. And then when you turned it, the little balloon would fall no. down. <laughs> oh, I had one of those. And reveal a naked balloon. Oh, and the yeah. inner top comes off. It's so good. Yeah. No, but it was a fountain pen, and I used to write it with it when I felt fancy. But it, fountain pens are not good everyday. Pens. I don't know if I've ever had a fountain pen. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I guess it's like a special pen. It's like writing with a quill. It has a nib. The no, oh, yeah. I never had a nib. Yeah. Oh but no, not a nib man. Uh-uh, <laughs> never nibbed. I used to do calligraphy a little bit. Oh, so I yeah, had a calligraphy like pen. A fountain. It's I like did. That. My 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 mama got me a calligraphy pen when I was mama. a lad. Well, but I think that with the ballpoint like fancy pens, there's something nice about <laughs> about holding a heavy pen in your hand. You ever had a quill? Hand. 
You quilled it? Well, because you also have to press, you don't have to press as hard because there's enough weight in it already. Oh, it's self-pressing. It's self-pressing. And it's like, I don't know. I I don't love to press. My dad. Fancy watches are heavy. Yeah. You know, the, the fancy iPhone is heavy. It's like. Yeah. Mm. Dent, dense, expensive things right. feel nice. They, remember they made the pen where it was like, ooh, you could write upside down. It was oh, like, right, I, ne- I never did that. Yeah. It's like, I write the regular way. Thank you, like, like, thank you but I'm just going to do a regular write over here. I'm just going to do it regular style. Yeah. Why would, you don't have to do it yeah. like that. You don't have to Cross do it like that. Or something. You don't have don't to do know. it like that. You don't. But I think that disposable pen technology has gotten so much better over the past few mm-hmm. years that like fancy pens are kind of now just like a showy thing you know it's like the quartz watch is that you don't need a fan you don't know it's a cheap watch Oh, okay. (laughs) but now you don't you don't need a rolex anymore right well yeah it's just a i think people use the the notes app maybe you just buy a really expensive notes app i'm an appman (laughs) do you want to be a a man of luxury make that app still wants your your notes Ooh, to sync to the cloud. Nice note notes app. When the, um, like when a the nice app, pen notes app. When the app. app store launched, there was um, this app called I'm Rich. And it, it was the <laughs> max price. And all it did was just like showed like a picture of a jewel on the screen. Oh, my God. And I don't know. It got a lot of press. I don't know if anybody actually bought it. <laughs> Uh, those are good old days. Yeah. Back when people just made stupid shit and got rich. <laughs> when there were like five apps in the app yeah. store. <laughs> Yeah, so instead of addressing this, uh, Charlie says that, can we interview replacements for Miss Landingham? And the president cuts him off pretty quickly. And then they go outside, and then he catches them, and he's like, Mr. President? Yeah? She put the pen in your pocket every morning. She slipped it in there. Oh, guess what? She was the pen wizard. Where did I, that pen I, go? I got very caught up in the logistics of this in my head. You so, cried a little? Did she? No, did she just... She laid out his suit. She, you know, when no, she hangs up the suit each day. she doesn't take day. a suit. He's got she a man. Did the he's suit. got a ballot. Yeah. No, she's the suit gal. And then she'll just slip it right in the shirt. Here's there. how I felt yeah. about this scene. I felt Charlie was already making him a little upset by even suggesting he start hiring a replacement. And then when they went outside, he took a knife and he shoved it in his chest and twisted it. That's Wow. <laughs> she put the pen. He could have just put a pen pocket. there and uh, the whole thing would have been Why right? don't you do you do it, Charlie? You right, just do where it. Where did the pen go, Charlie? Is she, I think she's But Josiah is being delinquent in replacing Mrs. Landingham. He has five secretaries. I have five secretaries to say nothing of the secretaries of state, defense, treasury, and education. Sir. Yeah. I think she's like a sleight of hand magician. Mm. She waits until she distracts him, gets him looking at the card that she's waving around. Yeah. That pen goes right in the pocket. She found the pen behind your ear every day, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, where did that pen end up? Was it with her in the car? Does it get in, well, thrown we, into his laundry? Does he have know. a giant pen oh, stain on all of his shirts? Right, right. Well, he seems like the type of guy that would lose a pen at least once a day. Maybe he should have joined the Pen 15 Club. At one point, I did think... He said he said something about a hard pen or a heavy pen, and I dirty I thought, at least. But I thought he said penis. I just thought he did. <laughs> Feels good in or your hard, hand. Hard peen. Yeah. A lot of pen. T- lot of peen talk in this app. Yeah. Penis. Penis talk. That's we're come on. We're we're ladies and gentlemen. We're here. adults. We all have used our penises on <laughs> other people or accepted their penises on us. <laughs> 
Without false pretenses. Thank you for being inclusive and saying accepted their penises on us. Yeah, there's all sorts of different kinds of penis fun yeah. that we have. This is a non-cell podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We're all fucking. <laughs> Not each other. Well, some. some. Okay. 50%. We'll draw a diagram. What's up, Eric? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely Eric and Brayden. <laughs> There's Sam and Connie, and they're in Sam's office. They show a quick thing of a newspaper headline. The newspaper says, White House to cooperate. Shitty <laughs> that's, head. That's what the headline I would is. never write it. Cooperate's a long word. Yeah. Like, even and, our and worst about, and about what? headlines mm. are better than mm. that. Mm. Yeah. Contrite house. Con- Connie just wants Sam to know. So the thing about me yeah. is I'm a brilliant political mind. I have an exceptional mind. But- <laughs> she is a... Brilliant political mind. And sexy. She's a very sexy... She went to Oxford, you know. Not relevant. Oh. Not relevant. Rock and bod. I just think she's got a killer bod. Sorry, very bright. No, she has all the good ideas. She went to Oxford in England. I went to Oxford, okay, which is in England. I looked up a lot of stuff about Oxford. It's fascinating. It's in England. It's the oldest English-speaking university. It's in England. It was founded in 1096. It's a town in England. Some notable alumni. King Arthur. Mr. Oxford. Mrs. Oxford. The guy from Thank you. T.T.E. Lawrence went there. T.T.E.? It's from Lawrence of Arabia. Oh, classic Lawrence. J.R.R. Tolkien went there. C.S. Lewis went there. Oh, Steve- they were buddies. Stephen Hawking went there. Mm. Uh, the philosophers Hobbes, Bentham, and Locke all went there. I've heard of them. Um, and Mr. Bean went there. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Is there a Mrs. Bean? <laughs> the cherry on top. Mr. Bean went there. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, That's he's what gives one. the school all the prestige. Mr. Bean. <laughs> he doesn't even use the word. Ro- Rowan Atkinson. Oh, no, no. Proper. No. <laughs> the Mr. dictionary Bean. was invented there. Oh. Oxford Dictionary. Yeah. Wow. OED. Oxen. That's um, like one of my favorite things in Infinite Jest where they're like, I'm an OED man. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Ood. Um, is, uh, is that where. No. Or is that where the Rhodes Scholars go? That's where that's where Bill Clinton, Bill Clinton went when yeah, he was okay. a Rhodes Scholar. And then Cambridge is the second oldest Eng- English university. I don't know if it's spe- second that oldest English speaking. That is where my speaking. grandpapa went to school. Oh, so it was founded because Oxford allowed two of its scholars to be executed in, you know, eleven something. And Shameful. there was this huge thing and they like Protest. shut down for a couple of years and there was like this like breakaway faction that Sciences. went and started Cambridge. Yeah. Which is wow. interesting. They're not going to fuck with that anymore. Oh. So with the title like Cambridge, won't execute our students. Yeah, exactly. Let's execute I feel like I've told this joke before that and my grandfather Do it again. It's always good. Well, it's about his, ta- it. his dick tattoo? It's about dicks. Okay. He said, what's the difference between an Oxford man and a Cambridge man? Mm. Can you guess? Mm. Circumcision. Oxford men wash their hands before they go to the bathroom. Oh. Mm. Because they have big egos. I don't get I, it. I'm explaining the right. joke. Yeah. Do you wash before and after? No, or they just wash before? before. Just before. And then yeah. some. Just came, before. Then some. Came. I won't touch my dick unless I have pristine hands. Mm. And I insist <laughs> on that standard for everybody that then, touches my dick. But then everyone you touch after now has is being touched by your dick hands. Yeah, but it's that's a blessing for them. Right, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a gift. In the right, end. If you keep your dick in the right condition, then it's Thank fine. you. It's like when you go inside, you take off your shoes and you put on your slippers. Right. And then you, it's you, like when I get home, 
You wash your hands. And I touch wash your dick. my dick. <laughs> you wash your dick. We're not talking about. Oh, dick you gotta keep the cleanest penis. <laughs> I got the meanest, cleanest penis. <laughs> so, despite her uh, illustrious uh, resume of being a brilliant political mind, she does not know who Victor Campos is, and we find out he's part of the AFSE, the American Federation of Service Employees Local. That's a California. local. Um, she's kind of shocked that he seems. You know, by title, he's kind of like a lower-ranked person, but he has all this uh, voter mobilization, turnout, fundraising, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And he's like kind of like the linchpin of the California primary. So they're they're very concerned about a primary challenge at yeah. this point, which I guess, given the scale of the investigation, seems from Braddock is that what the, or uh, Buckland? Buckland. Nobody ever loses a primary. I don't know. They seem overly concerned. Not about the this. incumbent, but they're I guess they're just trying to make. Sure Not the they, presidential incumbent. Right. Yeah, he gives her the background on this guy. What's important to Sam is that she she's just doesn't get in the way. Is there anything in particular I should do at this meeting? Don't get in my way. He doesn't want her to do anything. Yeah. Don't observe, learn. Be there in my way. You know, just don't like woman right out in front of me. <laughs> don't, woman <laughs> yeah. in the world. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, got it. Babe. Uh, and then we're Toots. we are outside of the Farragut Grill, uh, Ugh, which was um, Far- the Farragut area was mentioned as where some of the Trumpies go to hang out. So they actually kind of nailed that. Wow. Um, it, oh, that's where the date is. Uh, she gets out of a cab and uh, she's walking. I just want to reiterate, I would have sex with a Trump voter. <laughs> <laughs> what do we think of Donna's date look? Turtleneck. Oh, turtle he looks great. He looks great. I was actually thinking like, a little short. Donna's... <laughs> Donna's look is is something people would wear now. Yeah. It's yeah. Very, would it's come back ten around. ten. Yeah. Would date. Yeah. He and he's in he's in a work suit. Um. So little fella. First, she's going in. She does like her makeup in the door, and as she's doing that, like as you do. Uh. The some guy walks out, misses the cab that she got out of. They put together that they were there to meet each other, but she's ninety minutes late. Are you waiting long? No. No. Like. It was like an hour and a half or something. That's, That's unacceptable. I would not stay that long. Yeah. That I would stay 60 minutes. Really? 45 minutes. Yeah. Can I you? have a book. Yeah. I'm fine. 40 sounds. I've already blocked out the time. Yeah. yeah. So it's not like I'm missing anything. But, he I, seems but that is really late. than you. He's a congressional he's lawyer. Because he's, he's wearing a suit. Is that why? Is this a classic? What do you even do for an hour and a half? I do so did, many things. They didn't have iPhones I back have then. Apps. He didn't like, have a Kindle. I have an app. She could have called. Like she was working. She could have done she so many things. Called the restaurant. She knows the guy's phone. Oh, they don't have cell phones yet. They could text. But this I mean, is like two thousand and one. They met on Bumble. Her office. She could have done many, many things. She's rude. This is very rude. It's very rude. Um, but he doesn't seem to give a fuck because I guess he likes her and he go. They he's gonna buy her a drink. Ninety minutes. That's too much. Um, so or, how, how do we classify this? Is this a meat cute? Well, no. Meat cutes are spontaneous. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. What is serendipitous, if you will? Is this mm-hmm. serendipitous? No, this is just a meat. This is just meaty. Mm. Yeah, it's just a blind date. Yeah. But they have a little story. Oh, I was late. <laughs> shitty story. This is a, <laughs> and like, we saw each other. A shitty meat. <laughs> it's not really that coincidental, huh? No. It's like a bologna. Um, okay, there's another CJ press conference. Um, she manages to get the question that she planted back um, to her. 
job, but as I said, the president's waiving executive privilege. How can Bartlett be claiming to waive executive privilege yet still reserve the right to withhold certain documents? You don't think Clement Rollins will be angry and with every reason to be if the White House leaves out certain documents? I think if you want to know what Clement Rollins thinks, you should read some of his writings on the subject. And I'm not sure you can check me on this, but I think he was editor of the Yale Law Review. He has extensive writings on the subject. You should check it out. The perfect crime. Nobody will ever put that together. <laughs> then I said, go look for a writing that he wrote about this, and then they find it. It's like, why couldn't she just said that before? It's it's insane. Um, but, brilliant, brilliant. But plan. it worked every every step of the way. CJ's plan uh, executed perfectly. She comes off. Um, she's like so happy with herself. She balls up the piece of paper and like throws it across the room and sinks a shot. She sinks it. Yeah, that's right. nothing she, but net. That's a risky move in an office because if you fuck up, you look like a real doofus i do that all the time i do it all the time too you try to do it and, and then do, yeah. doofus it yeah we got those the trash cans that have the auto closey things uh, oh so you can't play ball yeah and they got rid of Ooh. the individual trash cans <gasps> not allowed to have those no. anymore you don't have a desk can I do not no desk can i uh i pile up uh recycle bottles of fancy beverages and you all can't day. even shoot from the across the, the room day, i just gather them all oh. up sad we used to have seltzers both. and teas yeah and iced coffees i'm collecting them at my desk too and then yeah. at the end of the week i just go and throw them all. you let them go for the whole week why well, I, I reuse the bottle throughout oh. the day so it's only like one bottle a day okay so um there's the governor, they say the governor of Montana in the All right, scene, fine. Is, is mad about the fire plan because it's maybe it's leaking across state borders. So they're like a second, a, go- park. a second governor That's is now it. mad too. So they're going to have to deal with that at some point. Um, there's Oliver and CJ after that. He's kind of suspicious of her motives here. I was going to say you took a beating the last few months. Yeah. And I was wondering if you were trying to get back in the game with one swing. Is that what you were wondering? Yeah. Anything else? Nope. So it's Leo, Josh, and Toby, and they're talking about the estate tax stuff. They think that they will lose the vote uh, for the full repeal. So there's and they need uh, the, if they that is if they veto a full repeal, they're afraid that they will lose the override vote, which requires two thirds majority in both the House and the Senate. Have they suggested to the president that they're going to do the veto yet? I don't think no. so. Yeah. No. So I think this end. is. Oh, they're just talking might, about the vote. This might be the initial okay. vote, uh, but just like they talk about some of the constituencies. So there's like the whole California delegation, which is all rich people, I guess is the reasoning there. The rural farmers, and now like the Congressional Black Caucus, and um, Josh is kind of stumped about why that one in particular. And Leo has a quote: "What first generation of black millionaires is about to die," which is crazy. What about it? I mean, just that fact yeah is that true like this is the first or this 20 um, years ago or 10 years it was the I mean, first I think generation been, i think there have been rich families I don't yeah know. but it not still seems like it's pretty bad yeah like i don't even know that that's necessarily there's the like case now uh, entertainment stars had biggie and some already businessmen. died rest Who? in peace biggie smalls yeah, i don't think they were really thinking about millionaire biggie, but I'm just saying. No, but they, are they just talking about businessmen or like <laughs> sports and entertainment like people? Like a died of old age? That's what they're getting at. They're saying the first generation of post-Jim Crow African-Americans yeah. that yeah. ever got the chance now were able to like entering old age uh, and are soon to die. I just think yeah. that's a stunning fact. Yes. That's all. Stunning. I was stunned. Picture me stunned. 
After that, there's a scene of Charlie and the president. I'm expecting a call from Bill Horton, and I left the national fire plan in the dining room. I want to forget. Thanks. What does that document look like? Is it? Like it's just Smokey the Bear. <laughs> it's like, how detailed does it get? Is it like a choose your adventure book? It's like he's like pointing the fingers. Like you can prevent forest fires. Josiah. If fire is creeping up on munitions depot, turn to page 75. <laughs> the plan for this is to get the munitions out of there. That's uh, probably what it is. Yeah. So uh, Charlie leaves, um, which leaves the president alone, kind of in that like outer office area. And Mrs. Landingham's desk catches his eye, and he has like a quiet moment, and they're alone with it. It's it's sad, right? Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of sad stuff. They, they're dealing with that, um, the Miss Landingham stuff more than they pretty much have any other major plot line yeah. thing that isn't. Mm-hmm. I'm glad like, I wasn't ready to let her go. Dolores. They're the famous name home, like, the that rhymes with it. the yeah. female they're, anatomy. I, they're also doing like a, they're, they haven't given us a moment where Bartlett has like burst into a room, swinging his jacket on behind him being like, I'm going to fix this problem with some sort of bold principled stand. Right, like we haven't gotten the the present you think it's that we he's sad? like. What's that? You think it's because he's sad? Yeah. Well, they they have to exp- they have to they're delaying their gratification, and they're explaining it by saying he's still kind of lost in grief. Yeah. Af- after he gets a, a moment, uh, Leo comes in. One of my favorite um, Bartlett like lines, I think, for the whole series is this part. The governor of Wyoming was an inch and a half away from calling me a pyromaniac tonight. That's surprising. We really had respect for him before. I'm saying somewhere out there is a registered voter who's thinking, you know, I thought I really liked this Bartlett fellow, but now that I see he's in favor of fire. (laughs) (laughs) Pro fire. Really great line. Great great delivery. Fire. Um, And then Leo says, like, cool, I'll go get that call set up. Uh, President's alone again. He sits down at Miss Landingham's desk. He starts rifling through. Is he grave robbing her here? It's a little fucked up. That's her property still. <laughs> but he finds the box of the special president pens. He finds the pens. It's got the logo on it and everything. He has uh, a special moment with the pens. He takes one of the pens and puts them back in the the thing. So every time he needs a new in the, pen. In the pocket. He can go remember uh, Miss Landingham, go sit at her desk. Ugh, she loved pens. Pen. Yeah. Always giving them out. Sweet little scene there, though. R.I.P. in peace. But I think he's over Miss Landingham's death now. He found that. Well, I think we're all over it. He was really oh, mostly sad. No, we, I mean, it was sad, and now we're over it. He was mostly sad about not having the pens it was anymore. The pens yeah. What does she do for me? Oh, I can do it for myself. Now I'm, he's got I'm the done. pens, and he's, he's back to being normal now because he's got his pens. Right. Knows where they, they were. He didn't think to look in the desk drawer. We go Donna and Cliff after this. They're having a post-drink walk along some fountains or something. I don't know. They have this, like, ideological discussion. They have the talk. But there's good chemistry. Why are you a Republican? I'm sorry? Why are you a Republican? Because I hate poor people. I hate them, Donna. They're all so poor. And many of them talk funny and don't have proper table manners. My father slaved away at the Fortune 500 company he inherited so that I could go to Choate, Brown, and Harvard and see that this country isn't overrun by poor people and lesbians. No, I, I'm a Republican because I believe in smaller government. This country was founded on the principle of freedom, and freedom stands opposed to constraints, and the bigger the government, the more the constraints. Like, he is really good at deflecting the fact that he stands for a party that hurts millions of people as its animating principle, and she's like, you're so cute. Like, I don't even care. He talks about going to Choate. 
There's a school Ch- called Choate. He's a total Choate. That's a word? What's a Choate? He's like a Choate Brown in Yale. It's like a small penis. Choate. Yeah, isn't that like a, like a public or a private? Choate Rosemary Hall. It's in Connecticut. It's like a private Sounds finishing school, fancy. right? Yeah, it's a, it's a finishing school. They have solar panels, I see. From their, from their Yelp reviews. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. What do you what do you guys think about his uh why am I a Republican thing? Sorry. <laughs> I think he clearly represents the idealized image of a Republican. He is the Democrats perfect Republican. Yeah. Yeah, he's the, he's the David Frum. He actually David Frum started war in Iraq and killed millions of people. No, mm-hmm. he's not David Frum. He he's is the John Kasich. He yeah, his no, yeah, okay, Kasich. <laughs> right, I thought for a second Kobach. Yes, he's, his hands are clean. He really has strong philosophical underpinnings for he, his he Republicanism. Just, he, just, he believes in small government and that. And, not, and he not doesn't actually care liberty. about the liberty. practical effects of that small government. He yeah. has that animating principle. He believes in small government. And if some people have to die along the way, it's not what he wants, and he's working for the the tax department too, which is like the the most like funnel money up to the rich part of it that you can imagine being involved with. And he still has this like idealism that he says to other people, which is kind of insane. Um, yeah, I I don't trust this guy. I wouldn't fuck him. I would. <laughs> Even you know, if you voted for Trump, I don't care. He's like a male Ainsley. Mainsley. Is he? He's Mainsley. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah. I think he's a Mainsley. Like yeah. he's ridden the same way where it's like, I'm principled, I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm, I'm joking. Not making bad faith arguments. But he's a Republican you could bring home to meet mama. You get to have a fun argument with that Republican. They have genuinely held beliefs that just differ from yours. Don't admit to their yeah. racism. He's he's not he's only Mainsley in that he's sort of a likable Republican, but Fainsley, female Ainsley, is very it's just quirky. Yeah, we just call her Ainsley. Yeah, we just, no, no, for no. sure. We're this now. <laughs> She's like really quirky and has a lot of other endearing qualities too. Yeah, he has weird personality because he like doesn't really have any personality. He's just kind of jokey. Yeah, the way he's just not shitty. I would Ainsley say more. He's uh, um, what's the guy he's like? Kasich, the pundit, Scarborough, Chris Matthews. Who are you talking about? Glenn Beck. Alex Jones. No, he's like a uh, a sort of liberal Republican. Actually, might have gone over to Democrat recently in the past couple of years, but he Steve was Steve Schmidt historically. Steve Schmidt. Steve Schmidt is fucking is fucking doe. Yeah, he looks like a doe boy. He looks just like doe. Who are you talking about, man? Josh. Oh, Josh. Who's Josh? Josh Marshall. You absolutely follow him on Twitter. No, he's a Democrat. Josh Androsky. I mean, he's like, he's like a liberal though, right? Oh, yeah. Well, I feel like Josh Marshall. He writes more for Business Josh Insider. Hartnett? That's an actor. That's a that's a <laughs> hunk. Jay Barrow. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that idiot. Is Josh Hartnett? So Jay Barrow is a is a righty now. He was always a writing. Now he's sort of yeah. a Democrat. He's like really? a business. I think he declared a couple a year or two ago. He like he he joined the Democratic. Party. He was yeah. like uh, he was like. Paul Krugman's my boy. He does kind of have that personality. He always too. appeared. He he used to appear on Chris Hayes. That's how I probably knew. Yeah, him. yeah, yeah. That, like he was he was the good Republican. I don't think he had said he was a Republican. He at was. Point. He was very wow. Republican. He was. That guy sucks. <laughs> yeah, I but, unfollowed him. <laughs> I know. I'm I don't. Better than him. What about? Yeah. What's her name? 
who worked on McCain's campaign, who's now like written books and stuff. She's Sarah, like a Sarah Republican. Palin. Not Sarah Palin. <laughs> no, um, the campaign manager. The Nicole Wallace. Yes. Yeah. Who's that? I don't know her. She's, she's like, on MSNBC. She's, like, she's um, all over MSNBC. She's like, what's your face on this show? <laughs> she is like Connie Britton. Yeah. <laughs> she does look a lot like Connie Britton. <laughs> <laughs> and she's buddies with uh, Schmidt or whatever. Yeah, her and Doe hang out. The, her, our yeah. IRL Doe. There you go. They were on the campaign <laughs> for McCain's. <laughs> okay, Doe. so Cliff mentions that he's... Uh, He's no longer on Ways and Means. Why is this episode called Ways and Means? It doesn't really... Yeah, it's... We're learning. Uh, We're learning about the Ways and Means. I know. It goes back to the British Parliament. I I think it must have something... I've got a headline about it. But I can't... can't Well, I mean, the Ways and Means department is really important. I thought it was interesting that we kind of like... Well, for the first half, they're always talking about... It's the taxes. I mean, the... Okay, I guess... Yeah, The big fight is over the estate tax. There's a tax bill. Never mind. That makes sense. I thought it was just the cliff angle because he, then he's like, oh, I'm not even on ways yeah. and means. <laughs> I oh, think it seems know, like a phrase. It's an evocative phrase. You know what it is? I it guess because you, you can take it a different way. You could also say like, it's all about money. It's corruption. It's all about money. And then they meet with Victor Campo and they think it's going to be about like, this guy's a true believer. And in the end, he's like, what are you going to do for me? What are you going to do? Every ultimately politics is all about like, what are you going to Put in my savings. But, yeah, well, it, I thought uh, Toby had a really great rant about it early in the episode where he's going on about the estate tax, but first he's going on about compromise. Why do we compromise? Because we are ordered to, because compromising on the estate tax prevents Republicans from going for an even bigger tax cut, which would help rest the White House from our compromising little hands. Which I think, again, I always like to bring it up when because this series gets so critiqued for its peak liberalism but i feel like uh toby really did a great job of trashing that basic sense where it's just yeah lamenting all the horrible compromises that are sort of necessary in our democracy yeah so that they can be there to stop the full repeal from going through they have to sign the compromise (laughs) this show usually does voice like the bernie sanders versus hillary clinton rift to simplify it in that regard it's not all the Centrism. It has it has the other side too, though it tends to side with centrism as the inevitable necessity. It, yes, instead of fighting for principle yes. and and things that make sense. So Cliff has is not on ways and means anymore. He's been traded to the House Government Oversight Committee, uh, which means o- oversight, a word which means both uh, its own thing and its opposite. It means itself and its opposite. Inflammable. Yeah, oversight can be a mistake, or oversight can be looking over to make mm. sure there's no mistakes. You're you're practicing oversight, or like you can sanction. That's good. Yeah, exactly. Sanction another one. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. How many more are there? Keep going. Yeah. What else you got? <laughs> <laughs> I think the audience is meant to put this together now that he's going to be investigating our gang. I don't know. We got a call from the majority leader's office. They wanted another litigator at government oversight, and they didn't. The boxes. What about them? I have to say goodnight now. Right? Did you get that first time, Braden? When he said he was traded, and he had to leave. Well, what's going on again? So when, like, he so when, like, when, when Cliff says, "I'm on the," I'm oh, on, oh, 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 right. Uh, that, yes. Like, uh, did you put together like immediately? Like, oh, he's like, yes. Well, he right. Okay, in this scene, he has because he just a sort of he right. He 
he has a realization, and that realization is he's now going to be investigating Donna's boss. But and then, Donna, she right, Donna, certainly yeah. has a subpoena herself, so he can no longer continue this relationship with someone he's going to be responsible for overseeing right. their he subpoena. He doesn't want to date a chick he, with a subpoena. He no, he oh my god, he can't give her his subpoena. No. <laughs> But from Donna's perspective, he says, I got traded to the government oversight committee. She makes a pun about, like, isn't that an oversight yeah, or something? Yeah, bad joke, Donna. And then he's like... You fucked it up. And he's like, I gotta go. Yeah. yeah. And he just... Terrible joke. He does not done. explain it. Yeah. And she doesn't see it. But I, I was a little curious about the timing here now. He knew... This is after their drinks from earlier. Yeah. But, I mean, he was putting it together. He thought, oh, why are they... Why was I just hired oversight? And he thought, oh, it must have been because they're staffing up because they're about to issue subpoenas. So he he just put that together. Yeah, CJ is kind of stepping in front of Donna's ability to go yeah. on this date. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I th- is that that's part of her plan probably yes absolutely um so and then and, and he's out of there uh so then we get thursday title card um we have the victor campos meeting in the mural room oh guess what we're speaking in spanish yes. and only a little bit um Sam but they're they're very sni- like snippy from the get-go and you didn't go to indiana to watch a basketball game it was a good game don't get cute with me watch your mouth no i don't think i will victor he talks about how they're gonna put they put an empowerment zone in pacoima <laughs> He put an empowerment zone in Pacoima. And Which is a great phrase. Um, I don't know what empowerment zone is. I don't know what I, a Pacoima is. I, I don't know what a community relations board or whatever this is earlier such is. Democrats. Speak. I don't know what the fuck any of this stuff is. <laughs> Opportunity. Wait, but in, he wants complete amnesty. Right. Which is dope. Yeah. yeah. So they do. Did anybody look up the Spanish translation? No. Nah, so they, it was a bunch of Spanish words. So they yell in Spanish at each other. This is kind of like at the peak of their argument. And Victor they says said some shit in Spanish. Victor says, Mi gente gana más que el mínimo sueldo. Like people win, but they get minimal pay. And Sam says, Subió al podio en la medita convención, Victor. You spoke from the podium at the damn convention. And Victor says, Necesitaban una cara morena. Because they needed a brown face. So pretty strong accusation. And Sam says, es equivocado. No lo estoy. You're wrong. And Victor says, no, I'm not. And then they go back into English. Mm. So um, they're going back to the foreign language huh. well that they exploited in the the famous monologue scene it works pretty well here too it really uh, amps up the so sam all this time has been fluent in spanish he learned it for this meeting <laughs> <laughs> he would no but that's the part that i like about it where, where it's like he's almost like you're full of shit and you're not one of us and, and then espanol. Like, actually i am not entirely but at least enough to give a shit and learn spanish and then he's like still though this is bullshit Right. And then he says, what do I get in the next election? He's like, that's all the stuff I got in the, the previous one. What do I get in the next election? Um, and there's some some random thing that he wants that they're... He's like, we're going to give it a big push. We're going to mention it in the State of the Union. It's like, oh, easiest, we're going to talk about it. That's the easiest like, one night. shit to, shit to catch Because everybody cares about the State of the Union. Yeah, everybody cares. If you talk about it, it's important. Yeah. And so, but then the the main thing he wants is this complete amnesty for all undocumented immigrants from the Americas. Hell yeah. Sam says, no way we can't do that. Um, on Sam immediately goes to like the constitutional. The Legal Amnesty Fairness Act is in the Senate right now. We can't back a bill that treats Hispanic immigrants any differently than any Sam. Imagine now if Trump was like, I'm giving amnesty to all undocumented immigrants except Arabs. 
Yeah. That would be unconstitutional. Right. But Although that's what he would do, argue yeah. that there's a, a overriding government interest in national security in doing so, and that's what actually got his travel ban upheld. So you don't think this would, this law is going to hold up? I think that Sam is right that why would you implement an amnesty program that is vulnerable to a serious attack in court? So they should just legalize all yeah. the constitutional attack. Uh, yeah. Like it's, Reagan did. Right. Well, I'm, I'm, and then Connie, Sam says, no way, we can't do it. Connie says, yes, we can. Yeah. And, and gets dagger eyes from Sam. And they, they take it outside and they, they argue. And her, her point is that. I have a bold stroke that'll cost you some independence. but I Just so he can expand his union membership? It'll also expand the Democratic Party. Millions of illegal immigrants could come out of hiding. That's millions of potential voters who are going to vote for you. You know, as well as I do, the Republican Party is going to try to outflank us on this. You know it's the right thing to take to the president. So why are you giving him our time? I'm a little curious about like what the timing of this is supposed to be and how they're going to communicate this because those people aren't going to be voting in the next election well the best thing is what she says after that which is and you know the republicans are just waiting to end run us on this right so her theory is that if the democrats don't provide amnesty then in the next republican administration they will that yeah, it worked right. out which in the happened end. with reagan but if, if you are worried about it's going to like hurt your standing with the existing electorate there's like a disincentive from talking about it before, but to get that benefit later. No, but that, that that's kind of like what the game is to a certain extent where it's like, oh, let me be the one to get credit for solving the American people's problems, right? So you oppose the other party's attempt to solve it, and then when you're in power, you solve it. Eventually, he says, fine, we'll do it. Um, and they call this Victor guy outside, and he says, what did we get? And he says, California and its primary votes. They shake hands and... Uh, they say that we'll never speak of this uh, in, uh, <laughs> ugly incident that we had where we were yelling at each other again. I shouldn't have blown up at you before. Nobody will know. Yeah. Loyalty. Um, they say loyalty a lot of times in this episode. Loyalty. There's a lot of talk about loyalty yeah. in this meeting and then in the, the next meeting uh, with Josh and Toby and this Congressional Black Caucus leader. I didn't write down his name. Um, they're like kind of shocked at the opposition to this, uh, even though Leo explained it to him earlier. And then he has a really great line uh, where he says, and if they can't pass it on, how will they build up power and clout and self-sufficiency as a community? You think a few black millionaires justifies a multi-billion dollar boondoggle? Well, as long as there's a Congress, there are going to be multi-billion dollar boondoggles. We'd just like to share in them a little bit, please. Yeah, that was nice. Um, Toby then plays the the loyalty card and kind of says it's not really about the issue, but we're bleeding here and we need our allies. And the guy seems somewhat sympathetic to that, uh, but can't guarantee anything. I can't promise anything. The veto is an awfully big risk to take if you can't promise anything. Then the veto is an awfully big risk to take. So it's a risky maneuver. We don't know what they're going to do with it yet. After that is president and I think the secretary of the interior who we've never seen before. Mm -hmm. And um, the fire is getting bigger, but there's like a rain forecast. So it seems like everything's relatively under It'll control. Be fine. That guy doesn't seem worried. At least he's, he seems like a real, he's good casting for that. He seemed like the secretary of the interior, real cowboy looking guy. Everything seems like it's going fine with the fire. I don't really get the fire as a thing in this episode. Is it a metaphor? Uh, yeah, they could. There's like a fire burning outside. Well, we're not ignoring it's it or like, something. Yeah, it's like a problem is headed your way, but it's like that scene from Austin Powers, like the steamroller is coming at that guy, and he's like screaming for ten minutes, 
And yeah. it's kind of like it's moving very slowly. At what point do you does danger get near you and cross some invisible line where you're like, okay, now I have to prevent this? Well, I think it's interesting. Like the federal government did wrestle with this issue of fire suppression, um, but it did so like twenty years before this. I think hmm. uh, this was an interesting issue that the federal government but had to deal with. What does the fire represent? <laughs> well, it's it's just like the the vote, right? Because like the they're votes. not they're not. I mean, I guess maybe if you look at it as like the the investigation yeah. is is this fire and like they're being, but CJ's being proactive on it. No, so she's CJ, actually kind of hastening it because right. in, it, by increasing the fury of the scrutiny, she's actually creating a political dynamic that makes them look like the victims. Right, and it starts all the oxygen and the fire metaphor. Yeah, Ooh. take all the fuel. Okay, it works. I'm gonna give mm-hmm. them it. Yeah. Um, so after that's Josh, Toby, and Doe, the Oval Office, and there's a, a quick little quip about the ballerina thing. Josh. Yes, sir. A ballerina? Yeah, I, I didn't know what it was at the time. I, I, I like the word. We'll go with that for now. The president heard that somehow. Yeah, I'm not sure around. how. Sam said he was going to tell everybody <laughs> earlier in the episode, and they bring up the veto suggestion, and... Um, Doe says, "I like the bold gesture. You you gotta you gotta whip out that stamp, that big thick stamp." Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how they do it. <laughs> and then, president goes right into his desk and he grabs the yeah, stamp. He He's like, "Here we go. go. We're gonna. I'm gonna need I this. stamp I in time." Box I have for the stamp. I had stamps when I was younger. Did you have stamps and ink? I had. I, didn't, I had I stamps, and I had them. a seal. I had a wax seal. That sounds cool. And I would melt the wax, and then I had a little thing, and I would stamp it for your correspondence. For my correspondence, I never sent correspondence, but if I ever wanted to, I had a wax seal. Was it what a was unique insignia? It, no, I certainly wasn't. It was mm-hmm. some insignia. I don't know. Maybe an S or B. I don't know. Wow. Did your father provide you with a copy of the nice correspondence doc? It was my mother. Yeah, that's a mother's gift to anyone. Not I was actually referencing <laughs> this Steve Zissou uh, correspondence That's the name talk. of Braden's biography. A mother's gift. <laughs> <laughs> I am mother's gift. <laughs> so yeah, he's not. This thing's just gonna be cluttering up his desk for weeks, presumably. It's it, but it looks nice, and he's. I like that he has it like on his person. No, so okay, my he's always my, ready to veto. My question bill. here is. Okay, it's a hard vote for Democrats to take in order to vote in favor of eliminating the estate tax. Right? In favor of eliminating it? They yeah. make it seem like it's like politically Some active. Some of their constituents would be cool with it, some of them wouldn't, and it's sort of a decision that each of them have to make. Some of them would be taking hard they're, votes they're to They're going vote. against the platform. It splits the party. Yeah. Some of them are going to go, oh yeah, I'm safe voting against repeal and some are like i'm unsafe voting against repeal right but here's the thing that makes it super dangerous if the if the president vetoes now the party has to essentially join up with the republican majority to give them a two-thirds override vote right that's a much more volatile thing to do because even if your local constituency would want you to repeal you're now like the president's dead it's in the aggressive water. To the president, it's, yeah. It destroys their chances of holding the White House, right? So now you have a party cohesion problem. So I actually think the the right move is to just threaten the veto, but right. like really threaten. Like I'm actually going to do this. And if you tell all these guys on the fence, I'm going to veto, and you're going to then have to take an even harder vote about whether or not to screw over our chances of holding the White House. 
by Maybe weakening me in the middle the of an election. They, yeah, then they're like, okay, I guess I have to vote no on the repeal. Right. And that's kind of the sense I got that it's not that he's saying you have no choice but to veto this. You have no choice but to represent that you're going to veto this in order to push our guys onto our side. Mm-hmm. That sounds right. So there's, there's one last scene in the communications bullpen. It's CJ and Babish and Donna and Josh. So CJ is like trying to crack a beer for most of the scene. That's like her kind of goal. So what happens with the special prosecutor? Does he just not do anything anymore? Or his thing goes along, but it doesn't generate as yeah, much They news. both hold the independent investigations. Different okay. branches of government. Yeah. But so I don't know why Babish is like, there's an irony that this guy was the right guy for the job and now he's like not doing it, but he is doing it. It's just that he'll, the process it, won't move as quickly. Right. It'll just end up being usurped by the speed and aggressiveness of the house. That makes investigation. Okay. One quick thing with Don and Josh and as uh, he's explaining the committee that's going to be overlooking them. And Donna finally puts together the cliff uh, conflict of interest there. So, uh, and then we see up on the TV, the House Government Oversight Committee chair, like, kind of, like, announces the hearings, and there's this scene of, like, CJ in front of everybody. She says, come and get us, and they pan back, and the whole gang is looking hopeful and defensive and unified, and it's really inspiring. It's great. It's our team. Yeah. And then uh, that's the credit shot, too, is that last shot. Uh, and that's the end of the episode. <laughs> headlines. Mm. Wait, I, I got one. I have one Ways and pains. Ways and pains. Because there was a lot of peen innuendo. Mm -hmm. Mostly Mm -hmm. in our review of the episode. Okay. But But you were looking forward Um, to that. Okay, so I got... I I had a ways and means head. Okay, go for it. Committee is way mean. (laughs) Meeting canceled. Um, Thank you. Thank you. uh, In quotes, Clem and C? Question mark? I really is want to do is like White, a is White House closing up to special prosecutor yeah. for a special deal. Yeah. Oh, Clem, oh, clemency on that topic. I didn't have a clem. I tried to do a clem chowder head, but <laughs> I didn't get, I didn't make it work. Um, I did have a couple. I had a couple uh, heads that I need to sing. Please. Yeah, they require. So, and this the, is the classic form musical headline. Classic headline. Yeah, and this is one of them. I love Babish's. Yeah, that's my fucking problem. <laughs> uh, um, lawyer that, and Rollins, old pals. Bab- Babish's. I love Babish's. It's a Babish head. It's a Babish okay, head. Yeah. <clears throat> and I have another one about the same topic. Also a song. All over love. Special prosecutor goes way back with Babish. <laughs> It's a whole new. Yeah, uh, I, have, I have another one. <laughs> I have another one. Song line, par- song parody headline. <laughs> but it's a different topic. I'll oh wait. my darling, Clem. <laughs> Anybody else got any? Nope. Okay, I had one um, about the um, Donna Lyman crime men. Yep, those rhyme. Mm-hmm. Okay, I did one here. I called it subpoenas envy. <laughs> it doesn't make it doesn't make a ton of sense. That's great. All right, for the president, I called him Vito Corleone, <laughs> six feet under. What? Six. <laughs> six. They're not all good, folks. It's all. 
We do. You really cranked out a quantity this time. Yeah, it's for we do brainstorming. Yeah. Oh, um, <clears throat> agony of defeato. Agony of defeato. I called him Danny. Danny De- defeato. De- okay, okay, hold on. Oh my god. <laughs> like they never end yeah <laughs> for about the fire i had one called you're fired sir uh, i also did one called <clears throat> this in you a, are space you're you're fired sir yeah <clears throat> uh fire starter twisted josiah starter love it mm-hmm they could have sung that one too actually Twi- yeah mm-hmm um bart let it burn we don't need it no yeah bart let it burn <laughs> i had one i just called why moaning? Why? W-Y is like the abbreviation for Wyoming. But I called it why moaning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I did one about <clears throat> Victor compo- compost remise. Compo- compost remise. <clears throat> okay. Okay. This one you could probably just, you should just blank this one out. But I'm going to say it anyway. But you'll just, you'll bleep it. Suck on this, Black Caucus. All right. And then I had one that I just called Samnesty. That's it. Watch out. We're done here. Great. How many was that? 50. I had a bunch. That's a lot of headlines. Yeah. That's the most headlines we've ever had. I I really gave it a go. Final thoughts. I liked it. I liked the headlines that we came up with. (laughs) strong segment yeah and I, I just thought it was a good episode epi it's good it's back to back to base right Yo. back to it we're back yeah. this is a good episode ainsley's yeah. there bill, Charlie. bill of the week mm-hmm. we got to do some maneuvering we got to manipulate <laughs> the press a little bit there's some meeting and machinations there's strategy there's ainsley there's substantive issues being debated back yeah, and a, forth there's a couple of them there's Two or three of them, even. They're used as a way of calling out the the people. Donna's the all horned up. Yeah, there's horny Donna. Love that character. Yeah. Um, and and it's like you know somebody. I mean, how long has it been on this show since somebody had a non, like main plot line, plot at all? Like Donna and like having a boyfriend. Donna gets a boyfriend. Remember we saw in the the nine episode intro. She's like, and I get a boyfriend. It's about time. It's the boyfriend. <laughs> mm. Um, and so it's like. And for the until it kind of like it ends up being intertwined, like it's like a couple scenes of Donna and this stranger, and like there's it's not part of the overall plot. It's actually really fun and light and yeah. good in a way that the show. But it does relate to the plot enough that it's not just a complete random. It is also yeah. like an interesting predicament that probably happens in DC all the time mm-hmm. with people when they can find dates. Yeah, when they can find dates. Yeah. I, but I personally, I'll date a. At least once, a Trump person. <laughs> Just at least for the sex. So uh, tweet Braden, call him, we'll provide his phone Totally number. single right Wait, now. Wait, you're saying Trump voter, but what about a Trump operative? Hope Hicks. I'm open to dates with sexy Trump people. Okay. Like Ivanka. If she's single, I'm into it. What if she's not what single? What if she's not single? I'm per- more, I'm, right now I'm seeking more like a, primary partner but like i'm open i'm open to anything We're like Sarah i don't want sanders wanna, yeah I, exactly i'm not trying to close off new possibilities i'm you know i'm here i'm fresh and you know i'm ready for whatever fresh? comes my way fresh mm-hmm. cleanest penis <laughs> i got the meanest cleanest penis penis 
This episode is also very funny. A lot of penis yes. talk. There's, there's jokes. There's, yeah. bit, there's I like bits. the video. The VHS. The VHS bit. joke is yeah, very everything funny. Everything lands except yeah. for that one thing. That yeah, that I don't know what they were thinking with that one. Yeah. But the thing about like uh, CJ and Ainsley like rehearsing the so the good. one who's gonna funny. say stuff is super funny. Cliff is like trying to be funny. It's like I mean he's, he's charming. Is he charming? Cliff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's, I don't think he's funny. I, I like him, but he's no. yeah, he's likable. He's very likable. Like I'm saying, he's easy going. Yeah. 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 So there, there's a lot Good going clean. for this one. Yeah. And very and, clean. And I believe it has <laughs> cleanest, and it actually like is part of the overall plot structure too. Like it pushes the MS story forward. The veto has mm-hmm. stuff in future episodes. Like I don't know. This one works on like every single front. Like, top app. Top app. Like loving the app, with, folks. Keep being, them coming. Without being a uh, like tentpole episode either, like this is about as good as like a week to week episode. I of popped the show a tentpole. Yeah, I got to yeah put up a tentpole yeah. watching this episode. Totally, that's how much I liked it. Um, yeah, so good stuff. Uh, solid, solid A, best wing. Thanks best for another wing. week of winging. We schedule. can finally use the best wing. Oh we my gosh! Yeah. Okay, uh, this has been going on long enough. Thanks for listening, everybody. Hey, we love you. Yeah. Smash the button. Uh, watch and talk dot show slash contact. It's out there. Bye. I love bad <laughs> bitches. That's my fucking problem. Yeah.